Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham. I'm a confidence and business mentor for women, and my intention is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about activating our highest potential, healing in mind, body, and spirit, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we explore the depths of what it means to be human. Alright everybody, welcome to a New Year's Eve special. We love to see it. I am just cozied up in bed right now, surrounded by my blankets and my knitting, which I'm <laughs> newly obsessed with, and I can't believe I've never podcasted from bed before. It's um it's quite a luxury. And, you know, I'm sure as all of us have been doing, I've been reflecting on what the last year has brought in, what lessons I've been integrating. I've been journaling a lot, looking back on photos from the last year and remembering all the special trips and friendships and, you know, little moments that were made as well as the heavy lifting that uh, I moved through as well, which the human experience will ultimately bring, right? (laughs) So I figured that I would do an episode with you guys with the list of kind of the 10 things that really came to the surface. See what you resonate with. My hope as always is that this helps you to understand and be more compassionate with your humanity, no matter where you are on your journey. So let's dive in. So first of all, I'll say I love choosing a word for the year. Maybe you guys like to do the same thing. So last year, my word at the beginning of 2023 was intimacy. And it's so funny how this panned out because I chose the word intimacy kind of setting the intention that it would be a year of romance and love and connection in that realm and also with friends and the world at large and The way intimacy panned out for me was intimacy with myself. It was so funny to look back and realize that I spent the most time ever in stillness with myself, in intentional and unintentional at times solitude with myself. Um, And it brought so much to the surface that really needed to be looked at. Um, I have been especially working through my motherhood wounding, my childhood wounding, um, things that I had thought that I had healed so long ago. But I think there's, first of all, something about turning 30 and entering a new decade that will bring it up. And I'm also watching my some of my good friends become pregnant and all of these things are just bringing up childhood healing. So that was a big theme that I was working through the, through the last year is how can I reparent, remother myself, even refather myself, you know what I mean, like all of our roles and our caretakers come into play with how we approach our own healing and our own capacity for for growth in this lifetime. So I found that the intimacy was really kind of embodying the hermit. If you were in my uh, end of the year workshop, you know, that was a big card and a big theme that was coming up for for the collective was this energy of the hermit, you know, going into that kind of monk mode, but knowing when to pick up the lantern at our feet, knowing when it's time to exit a painful scenario and really start to look for the light again. 
it was really about integrating that lesson of like, no matter where you go, there you are. There's no escaping the internal world because our reality is dictated by our internal experience. So I think there are times in life where these lessons are actually lived through us. Like there's so many kind of sayings and stories I think that we all keep in the back of our minds and in our psyche. Um, whether they come from religion or fables or stories that we grew up with and we have these value systems and pillars of life, but there are different chapters and different times in life where we start to embody those pillars and start to live the experience for the lesson. And that's that was what was going on for me this last year. So there was so much beauty. There was so much, you know, magnificent experiencing of our beautiful world. There was so much deep connection. Um, but most of all, it was a journey into self on a on a level that I had I hadn't explored before. And I think this has a lot to do with my work as a mentor. Um, I find this anytime that I create or launch something or offer something to the world, the universe will say, are you ready to teach it? And how can you get the lesson from your own teachings, you know, and sometimes I almost feel like I think we all do this on some level is is we channel work that is really sacred. So when I when I started to bring my mentorship really to life at the beginning of last year in a much bigger way. Um, I felt like the universe challenged me to follow my own roadmap really authentically. And another thing that this brought out was that I don't have to be perfect to be a healer in my own capacity. And that was where the grace really came in. So that gives you a little background to uh, the the list of 10 takeaways I'm going to give you. The first one is don't get stuck in the planning phase around what you're bringing to life. You might not ever fully feel ready, but you certainly are ready at least to begin and to really dive in. I think we hold ourselves to such high standards and we have such high expectations for ourselves that we can often like paralyze ourselves in the fear of not being worthy or ready to go for it. Um, So bouncing off of that last note that I was talking about of unwinding and releasing shame around who you are and allowing yourself to imperfectly show up in so many ways and actually seeing that imperfect quote unquote self as whole and as worthy and ready. You know, so I think this is where I actually see a lot of my clients coming in saying that they compare themselves to other people. But I think what we're actually doing most of the time is comparing ourselves and holding ourselves to our own unrealistic high standards of ourselves that are based on some kind of enigma of societal expectations. But it's really about us living up to a standard and a pedestal in our own mind that we have created. So don't get stuck in the planning phase in the procrastination, just begin. And it's so funny, like when you actually do begin that project that you have been wanting to bring to life, whether that's like filming your audition tape or starting your podcast or writing your sales page or starting your book like when you actually sit down to do it it's so funny how like it doesn't take that much effort and it's so much more simple than we make it it's literally the act and the art of showing up with great presence and great welcoming of the unknown which leads us into number two Staying curious and continuing to question the status quo will put you ahead of 90% of people. So keep innovating. 
this is the beauty of revisiting our childhood selves and our authentic codes because when we were kids we would always question everything we would say why do we do that why do we dress like that why do we perform like this you know why do we eat like that all these things um and we're questioning from such a state of purity and that allows us to evolve into you know who we really are but when we lose that questioning and that curiosity we start to fall in line with kind of sheep right we can be herded <laughs> like sheep so if you really want to break out of you know this matrix it requires curiosity and a questioning of what we're just fed every day as normal um, which is why it is important and what I want to do uh, more intentionally this next year to get offline and think for ourselves more actively quick break to let you know that the confidence mentorship is coming back for the new year. I just opened the wait list and you guys are the first to know listening to this episode. This is a 16 week one on one deep dive into your healing journey. We're going to be using tools like emotional freedom technique, quantum healing, CBT and proven methods for habit change. My lifelong exploration has been marrying the science with the spirituality to give you tangible results that I've seen in my own life and I've seen with my clients. We take an approach that is very spiritually grounded but action oriented so that you can truly experience that quantum leap month to month over our 16 weeks together and really see evidence that your life is changing. So I can't wait to see you on a discovery call. If this is calling to your spirit, you can join the wait list in the description below and I'll talk to you soon. Something I do in my business is I really don't follow a lot of other creators like myself, a lot of other, you know, coaches or mentors or healers, what have you, because I really don't want to be influenced too heavily by other people's ideas of how to bring healing to the world. Um, I do, I have a little thing in my mind that says, be careful using the word healer, because that's a very sacred term, especially for indigenous people. So I want to be aware of that. Um, it's a word I'm thinking more and more about, but uh, you guys get the gist. So keep thinking for yourself, keep formulating new ideas. And this is where meditation is our most potent and powerful practice, because in that stillness, we open up the crown, we create that channel for information to come right down in from our highest self from source from our most authentic and clear state of being. So you know, make time to get into stillness just so that you can receive because we can't receive when we're doing something. So doing nothing is a sacred act. Sit in stillness and receive. Um, and the way that I really do that is just right in the morning, you know, I'll put on my like red light mask nowadays. And I'll just like while the 10 minutes are going on that red light mask, I'm just sitting in thought. Um, sitting in stillness. So you can kind of habit stack to make that work for you if you feel like you need a uh, an in to make sure that you can sit in that stillness. But ideally, if you can just sit and be, <laughs> that's the best, perhaps somewhere in nature. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next one, ooh, this is a quote that I heard from Stephen Bartlett on the Diary of a CEO podcast last night, actually, while I was doing my little knitting project, listening to the podcast. He said, the difficulty of a challenge signals how many people gave up at that exact moment and therefore how great the reward will be. So I'll say it again. The difficulty of a challenge signals how many people gave up at that moment and how great the reward will be. So when you feel like it's so hard 
and it's so painful to keep going. Think of like exercise and like running a marathon or think of writing one more paragraph or sending one more email, something that you know is going to push the needle, but it feels really hard. That point where it feels really hard is where most people give up. It's where most people give up. So if you can just get yourself to journey through that discomfort with great perseverance and grit, honestly, you will put yourself in like the top 5% of performers and people. Um, This is where I see so many people not reach their full potential as soon as they might like because they give up when it feels hard. They just give up when it feels hard, right? So um, it's really good to keep that in mind that difficulty is not something to be avoided, Um, And failure is not something to be avoided. This is all part of integrating and part of learning and it will put you in the top percent of people and help you to break out of a lifestyle that you don't desire and get you into that heaven on earth that you're trying to create. And I will say whenever I bring up that term, what what does your heaven on earth look like? What does heaven on earth feel like for you? It's really a state of mind and it's not about everything being happy rainbow sunshine all the time. Creating our heaven on earth is about living with intention and with loving awareness and loving ourselves through challenge and through difficulty unconditionally and holding space for those fragmented parts of self and remembering that we are constantly integrating back into wholeness and coming back to that place of peace. So creating your heaven on earth is not about having all your ducks in a row all the time and having this perfect seeming life because I'm just not sure that that even exists. But it is about a commitment to love and committing to loving yourself at the end of the day, um, unconditionally through everything. So you can still be in a dark night of the soul and be living in your heaven on earth. You know what I mean? If you're doing it with intention. Yeah. Okay. Fourth, you can be healing and still be able to show up for your community. There is no shame in your human experience and in your process. Um, I have actually found through my work as a mentor that the more I am doing my shadow work and my, you know, trauma healing, anything like that, I'm actually more able to show up for my clients because I can understand what they're going through and how I've been able to alchemize that on a much more authentic level. So it's been a transition for me to stop hiding what I've been through or stop hiding the difficulties that I experience and actually share it more openly. Um, And that is how I mentor a lot of the time as I give examples of what I've been through. It's a very intimate experience and how I got through it. And then we work that through with you as well. And I have actually found that to be the most effective to not hide who I really am, to not hide my struggles, but to actually use it as a fire starter to, you know, deepen the healing, to bring more of a a real experience to the work. So this is your encouragement to let yourself be seen for all parts of who you are and know that it's not going to hinder you. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to make people trust you more, especially for those of you who are in the same world as I am and moving toward the same things, you know, so just just show who you are. It's there's no shame in it. And it's not making you weaker to be honest about it. Okay, number five, (laughs) it always fucking works out. It always works out. Worrying has never helped. (laughs) You know, I think there sure is a healthy dose of like fear to make you plan well. But um, yeah, make a conscious effort to combat the worrying mind, especially with past proof of everything being okay. 
So I am about to go on a, a, a new adventure and I have found that um, my worrisome mind has been coming up a little bit. And the way that I have been healing that and integrating that is, of course, number one, taking action and just making sure that everything that I can control is in my control, but then surrendering to the unknown for the rest of it. And that is where the fear comes in for me is like, okay, so I've planned as much as I can, but oh my God, what else could possibly go wrong? I've had things happen in the past where it's like something gets shaken up a little bit, um, especially in the last couple of years, I've navigated a lot of uncertainty especially around travel and living situations. So um, part of my practice right now has been understanding that even though I've faced uncertainty in the past, and even though things have not gone to plan, it's always worked out. Not only has it worked out, it's worked out for the best. It has deepened my healing. It has deepened my ability to create prosperity everything. It always works out. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Looking back on everything that I have been through, I wouldn't I don't know if I would change a single thing because it's been so important to who I am as as a human being and it has always worked out. I've always been okay. I've always had shelter and community and you know my needs met. So yeah, this is about really trusting yourself at the end of the day but building up a case with proof that it's going to work out for you. And being willing to step into the unknown with courage. This stuff takes bravery. And I honestly think this is why I like um, a little bit more movement and travel in my life. Because it's such a, a portal for quick expansion. Um, yeah. So there's certainly a, a healthy way to do that. <laughs> I think I'm in it. But uh, it certainly takes courage and bravery to walk walk through life like that. So it really comes down to trusting that it's going to work out. It has always worked out. And it's going to work out. You're going to be okay. Trust the process. Okay, next one. Talking to God is like talking to yourself at a soul level. When we pray, when we open up the conversation with spirit, we get a direct line of insight into where our values and our priorities lie, where our hopes lie. And this brings really immense clarity into our lives. So prayer has been something that is so key to how I live my daily life. Like I always have this open dialogue with spirit and this open conversation um, so that I can process life from a soul level and from not such a logical kind of patriarchal level of systems and logic, which I certainly think has a place. But, you know, living from a place of authenticity means keeping that open connection with spirit going. Um, and when we really think about it, if we think about prayer as connecting to source energy, if we understand that we are source having a human experience, it's like a figure eight. It's like this, this spiral of life that is all connected. So when you're praying, you know, and I, I just use that word because it makes the most sense is, is a conversation with God. You are truly speaking to your deepest essence that is connected to unity consciousness the most pure and potent form of communication, and it brings immense clarity. So yes, whatever way feels right for you to open up that dialogue with spirit, deepen it. Maybe that's making an altar. Maybe that's getting into a meditation practice that actually feels really good and that you can keep consistent. People experience this through yoga, walking in nature, but where you can actually, I would say, speak, speak out loud. If you 
you know, if you can, and if you feel comfortable doing that, like I'll just walk and talk. I'll just walk and talk. That's my form of prayer. And I'll certainly do like rituals to the waters and to the earth so that I can connect with the the earthly realm, especially during prayer as well, and, and bringing it all into a coherent state of oneness in the moment. Okay, seven, setting up your environment is the fastest way to make changes in your life. So habit stacking is really all about making your ideal lifestyle easy and seamless and environment is everything. So I know that (laughs) let's start with food and diet. Like I know that there are certain things that I cannot have in the house. Like if there's ice cream around, chips around, I will eat it. So I know that if I really want to have my health goals met, I have to, you know, make my environment work for me really well, which means vegetables, rice, I kind of eat the same thing every day um, when I'm really on it. And it's so clear how important this is to have an environment that you can kind of control and maintain to your standard because I've been at home for the past few weeks for the holidays staying with family. And it's such an uncontrollable environment for me because there's wine around all the time. There's like sweets and uh, pizza and everything, which God bless, like I'm I, I eat that way once like once a week, no problem. But every day to have stuff around that I'm not like in control of has been a very intense challenge. And I can do it, but it doesn't it make it so much easier when you can curate an environment that works for you so that you take out the questioning at all. Like there's just no other option. Like you just go straight for the healthy stuff. Um, So that is with everything. So if you want to be doing more yoga, just always have your yoga mat out on the ground. If you want to be reading more, have your books in a line of sight where you know you will reach for it to pick it up. Um, you know, if you want to, this is all just habit stacking. I won't go too far into it, but um, you can create an environment that really works for you. The other thing is about where you're living and making sure that where you're living is really serving you. So I know that if I want to get enough movement in during the day, I need to be in a really walkable place. That's why I really do gravitate to New York City a lot of the time is because I know I'm going to get the most mobility and the most movement in, um, which is wonderful. And that's why I like to go to warmer places as well. So I can be outside as much as possible. That just cultivates an active lifestyle for me. So think this is a good time to just check in with how your environment is or is not serving you, what can be removed and what can be added. And just doing a reality check, like, is this helping me or harming me the way that my life is physically set up all around me and certainly look into feng shui for that reason as well. Okay, number eight have hobbies that are just for you that have nothing to do with technology, looking at a screen or proving yourself in some way or, you know, needing to show it to anybody else. Um, You know, a hobby that is simply for your peace and your pleasure. So I was looking back on what my hobbies really are and and were of the last year and and they had so much to do with like sharing and and creating content or doing photography, but it had it was like a means to an end. And so I really took a moment to think about how I can rewrite the way that I relax and the way that I have hobbies. And um, that has been looking a lot more like painting or playing guitar or just singing or learning, you know, a new musical or something like that, Um, or pulling oracle or tarot for myself, but something that is just for me, just for my solace, for my peace. that can take me out of the monkey mind that is so addictive with social media. So, 
yeah, breaking out of our social media patterns. I don't know about you guys, but it's it's really um, a challenge and, and an important one to overcome. I think hobbies can really help us uh, alleviate the addiction to social media. Something else I've been doing just on that note is, you know, I post every day pretty much. So what I'll do is I'll post and then I'll just delete the app until I'm ready to share again. Um, so that's why I usually post in the morning so I can delete the app. But yeah, I know it's a, it's a constant kind of thing to work on. I'm not perfect at that, at my social media habits at all. So I'm working on that this year. Okay, number nine, we're on number nine. Oh, I love this. This is another little good quote. To change is to become more of who you really are. To change is to become more of who you really are. So embracing the unknown from this perspective as a mosaic being created Every step forward is revealing the beauty of the story of your life and the masterpiece of your life. Um, So understanding that change is really helping you blossom and peel back the layers of your most authentic self forever, you know, so change is our only constant and change is, is a journey home to love always we know ourselves more deeply in the unknown. So lean into it, lean into that lean into that curiosity, like we were talking about earlier. And on that note, spend more time, you know, studying other cultures and other people who don't think the way that you do to challenge your ideas of self. This also helps us to lean more into that. And then finally, number 10, figure out what your priorities actually, actually are. So Flynn Skidmore actually posted this. Maybe you guys know him on Instagram. He's a great therapist. He's been on the pod, but I did this recommendation that he gave out and I've got to share it with you guys. So this is, this is how you do it. List out the 25 most important things to you. And this is actually harder than you think it might be. So list out the 25 most important things to you. Then boil that list down to the top four things that are important to you. And you'll get real clear on what that is. And when you get those top four things, list five ways in which for each of them, you can bring those priorities to life more fully. So that's an amazing practice for getting super clear on where your values and your priorities are and, you know, making sure that you can take action toward creating that lifestyle that feels really in alignment with your most authentic self. And so I did that practice and that's actually what I put in my um, email, automated email check-ins with myself. So I will put those priorities in a in an email and I'll schedule that to send to myself about four times during the course of the next year. And so I can just keep on track and, and see how I'm doing and just make sure that I'm living in authentic alignment. So yeah, those are our 10 things, you guys. Thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. Happy New Year. Cheers to a new year of joy, of peace, of prosperity, of growth, of embracing the unknown, and of fortitude. I love you so much. Send me a DM on Instagram and let me know what your uh, what your top takeaway is. I love connecting with you all in that way. And I'll talk to you on the flip side. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. Of course, we've got resources linked for you in the description below, including some freebies, which you guys are really loving working through. And if you feel like this episode really helped you heal in some way, perhaps share it with a friend who you think it would benefit. And that's it from me. I love you. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye for now.